What's up everybody? Welcome back to the channel. I appreciate you guys coming back for more stories. And uh, yeah, I told you on the last video that I was heading out camping, but it was sort of past me talking to future you and all that. We got back yesterday, Memorial Day. Great little trip, mini trip. We camped locally. Honestly, I still needed to be able to do some other work close to town. So we did stay sort of local. Kids had a great time. Weather was perfect. Humidity was perfect. I'm going to throw a picture of the camper up here uh, as soon as I find it. And, uh, wow. You ever notice how, like, things stay really consistent until you're trying to record something? And then, you know, people bang doors downstairs and the sun decides to go behind all the clouds. And <laughs> so, whatever, man. It'll be all good. Let's see. Eh, screw it. All right, let's read some stories. Our network keeps going in and out throughout the day. Way back in the six years ago, I worked for a small MSP. Just my boss and I handling small to medium-sized offices with a bunch of mom-and-pop shops interspersed. We had a few contracts, but most clients were the call-as-needed type. We had a few legacy clients that did their own thing and only called us when they messed something up. This is one of those calls. Me. Techco, this is Elk. Client. Hey Elk, I installed a new router last week and we're having some intermittent network outages. Happening at random times throughout the day, though more frequent in the morning and around lunch. Me. Oh, I had no idea. That's usually something you should alert us to so we can update your company file and better support you. Passive-aggressive professionalism is a skill. I'll head over to check things out and grab the new credentials from you. They were a block away from us and the remote connection was failing due to him conveniently leaving that configuration out of the new router. Though he did get the business necessities running for their server application. Good for him. I get over there and start walking towards the network closet, which just houses a ball-mounted switch, router, and modem with a 2012 Essentials tower on the floor. Client. Oh no, I hired my nephew to come move the networking equipment to the break room. Me. Also something you should let us know. Now I'm thinking the cause of the network outages is nepotism, but I decided to do my due diligence before getting angry. I bottle it up and move to the break room. He opens a small cupboard above the kitchen counter and I immediately see the problem. Directly two feet below the cupboard sits an 1100 watt microwave, which was causing interference every time someone needed to heat something up. Reheat coffee. Network outage. Heat up some oatmeal. Network outage. I had to start the microwave a few times to prove it to him. Told him to move it and all would be well. Then set up a remote access again. You know, it's funny. I never really realized how much. I mean, I know microwaves cause interference. Don't get me wrong. I mean, fluorescent lights cause interference in data cables, but I don't, I don't think I ever realized just how much they interfere until, I don't know, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. I had my microwave set up on my workbench in my shop and I'm melting something in the microwave and I have my digital scale sitting about, I don't know, two and a half, three feet away. And all of a sudden I'm trying to weigh something. And the numbers on the scale are all over the map. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The microwave beeps and stops. Scale is stable again. I start the microwave up again. Scale's all over the map again. Yeah, that's when I realized I had to be at least three and a half, four feet. That's like the bare minimum for my microwave anyway. I don't know if it's directional or not. This was on the side, like the door was facing out and my scale was off to the side of it. So I don't know if direction of the door facing or anything has anything to do with that, but 
Microwave is going to mess with the signals just a little bit. They're always watching. Okay, so this happened a week or two ago and it has just stuck with me, living rent-free in my head. Since it's really not a good tenant, I decided I should share it with people so that maybe I can get my mind back from it. I work for a large computer hardware manufacturer and we sell an optional support contract along with all of our machines. There's different levels, but I work in the one right below the enterprise support level for tech support. It's intended for small to medium businesses, but we get the occasional home user who wanted to pay for the really good support. Yay us. So I get this call and immediately see that the case has been open for like three months. For reference, our cases are usually only open for a week or two, if they're not closed on the first call. This gets me curious, so I start perusing the notes. The user complains initially that he needs a new motherboard. Okay, we can do that, but we need a decent reason why. I begin down my normal path, asking some questions to clarify why he needs a new motherboard, and split my attention between his out-of-breath rant and the case notes. Now this guy has gotten a lot of parts replaced for a normal case, and we just mailed them to him, which we're not supposed to do without verifying they actually own, or more importantly, have the system in their possession. Some might think this is weird, but there's a lot of fraud in the industry. You'd be surprised if you weren't a tech person. As an aside, if we send a technician with the part, they verify the system before we put it in. So far, everything had been parts only, and the customer flat out refused the tech. Hmm, the plot thickens. Time for a bit more digging. I look at the list of replaced parts, wondering just what we've given him so far. Part numbers start flying, technical descriptions pop up, and I slowly decode the list. The list includes hard drive, parts only never completed the security stuff the first time, but the second rep gave him the part, which is totally against policy. Second hard drive with an image of Windows. Memory, two sticks. A third imaged hard drive, uh-oh. Not to mention two work orders for parts and labor that were canceled because I only needed the parts. Now why would someone need more hard drives than God? And extra memory? Well, someone with a pesky virus. Or something like that. The notes literally read, customer has security concerns at several points. Okay, a little weird, but not totally out there, I think. I was so very, very wrong. At one point, the conversation goes like this. Me, so what leads you to think the motherboard needs to be replaced? Customer, well, I know that someone is monitoring my computer, and the hard drives and memory didn't fix it. I can tell when I turn on my computer that they're monitoring it. Me, tilting my head like a confused puppy. What do you mean someone's monitoring your computer? Customer. Well, like with the virus, I think I've got a BIOS virus, so I want to swap out the motherboard. I already pulled the battery on it, and the settings are still there, so that didn't reset anything. Cue a brief discussion on resetting the BIOS and what gets reset. Customer. Well, that's not what the last rep told me, and I found the instructions online, but it didn't work. Me. Okay, well, we can possibly replace the motherboard, I just need to ask a few more questions. Customer. Okay, go for it. Me. So how do you know someone is monitoring your computer? What gives it away? Customer. I can hear it. Now, some of you may be thinking that this is a fan issue, and he's just hearing his system boot up. Some of you may believe he can hear a hard disk spin up, and thinks it's a bug. Both of you would be wrong. Me. What can you hear? Customer. The communication satellite above my house. Every time I turn on my computer, I hear the satellite kick on, and I know they're, capital T, listening. Now, I've worked in tech support and customer service for going on 12 years at this point. I've taken just about every call I thought I could take, and I've taught people how to do my job. None of that prepared me for the crazy I heard this day. This guy goes on a rant about how someone, the government, Bezos, Skylink, etc., is listening in on his computer usage, 
and how he's talked to the police, the FAA, the military, and they've all told him he's crazy. He's been getting us to send parts because he thinks he has a virus, and for three months, three, I'm the only one who has ever asked why he thinks he has a virus. It was like the dam broke under the assault of the Ents, and I was Isengard, getting ravaged by the flood. The whole time he's ranting, I'm messaging a supervisor and noting everything, and writing up an email to the owner of the case, their manager, my manager, and the night manager I've been talking with. The supervisor straight up tells me, no, we're not replacing the motherboard for this. Absolutely no way. I'm totally cool with this, except that now I need to figure out how to get this guy off my phone before I leave for the night. The call has already gone on for an hour, and I've needed to pee for the last 30 minutes. I'm desperate. Then it hits me. Just agree with them. Aggressively. I start playing into this guy's delusion, telling him that it is pretty serious and way above even our lofty pay grade. I apologize and let him know that we won't replace the motherboard since it would only slow down his pursuers. The virus will come back, and it's not something that we can really help with. The line that finally got him was this. Sir, I hate to say this, but if someone has the resources to deploy a BIOS virus and a communication satellite to track you, the company cannot compete with that. You need to speak with a security firm or someone specialized in cybersecurity. He took a bit, but he finally agreed with me and I ended the call. Only somewhat related, but that email I wrote? I never once called the customer insane, crazy, delusional, or any other number of things I wanted to say. My call was done. This was no longer my problem. Higher paid people than me got to deal with this now. What I did say that I was particularly proud of was this. I don't know where we need to go from here, but I don't think that company can provide this customer with the assistance he needs. The case has since been closed. We did send him a motherboard and there were no notes on the closing. Just confirmed the parts had been shipped. Called him twice with no answer and closed the case. It's over. For now. Oh dear. It really is a shame. You know, we know the guy's nuts. And a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. Okay, a big conspiracy theorist. But, honestly, I do feel bad for people like this. You know, when they get when they get this delusional, you know, you start thinking dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever, maybe making things worse. I mean, honestly, most people I've ever known that have gone into conspiracy theories and, you know, they're listening to us and tapping my phone lines and they can watch me through my TV kind of stuff. Most of the people I've known personally that were even remotely like that got worse as they aged or if they had medical issues, things like that. And it really intensifies over time. Yeah, it's a sad thing to watch, but uh, I'm not sure I could have kept from laughing or saying something out of line, quite honestly, because my patience and filter are very thin, unlike the rest of me. Would more internet fix this? Part one. Oh, I didn't see a part two. As many people do these days, I was working from home. Monitoring the network remotely is a strange thing. If something really bad goes down, will I be able to see if it goes down? Or will I waste time troubleshooting my end before I get a call about something being down? Anyways, the phone rings. I grab it and toss out a greeting, then frown. It's one of the management people I don't agree with on anything, at least in the past 17 years. Me. Hey MP, what can I do for you? MP. Hey, we're trying to have a board meeting and the internet is slow. I look at it. It's busy, but there should be enough bandwidth for them to have a board meeting. Unless. Me. How many people are meeting remotely today? MP. Well, it's me and four guys in the boardroom, and then there are 17 people connecting remotely. 17 is a lot because we only have 8 board members. I bet he meant we're meeting in the boardroom. I look and I don't see anyone abusing the internet. I check the boardroom firewall and it's green across the board. Me. Well, we're pretty active on the internet, but I don't see anyone abusing their access. No one's doing anything I can just kill. What exactly is the problem you're experiencing? 
MP. It lags out when some people talk and there's a delay when other people talk. Me. Do the remote people say we're having issues or is it you guys in the boardroom noticing it about the remote attendees? Uh, let me ask. I triple check no one is transferring a server backup or pre-conversion file set or anything else that eats a lot of bandwidth. I'm still unable to find anyone that can boot off the firewall. MP. No, it's just on our side. They say we sound and look fine. Me. Well, it sounds like the problem is with a few of the attendees. Is that the case? Is it the same attendees that you're noticing the issues? MP. Yeah, it's the same three to four people, but it's really making it hard to meet. Me. I don't think I can do anything. I imagine a connection issue is on their end. If it was our end, it would be happening to more people, both incoming and outgoing. MP. Incoming and outgoing. No one's leaving. What do you mean? Me. When one of them talks or moves, we have incoming data. When one of you talk, we have outgoing data. MP. Oh, okay, so would more internet fix this? <laughs> Me. Doubtful. It would help, but it wouldn't fix this issue. MP. Well, I need this issue fixed. Click. I enter a contact log and go back to watching progress bars from home in a recliner, wearing pajamas and fuzzy slippers. First off, anybody that hangs up on me gets nothing. That case gets closed right then and there. Second of all, I can't believe after that discussion, even the dumbest person in the world should have been able to understand that it's not your internet in your office. People at home have varying degrees of internet service, have varying degrees of bandwidth, and there's nothing you can do about that unless it's company provided and you have the same service across the board. Then you can start looking at, you know, what are the issues? Where are we bottlenecking? Whatever. But yeah, I have issues with some of that kind of stuff here. We have gigabit internet service here. So 90% of my stuff more, but 90% of my stuff runs really smoothly until all the kids decide to get online at the same time. And my son-in-law is streaming on his channel and things like that. And, uh, yeah, then things can get a little hinky, but even then, most of the time things run fine. You really don't notice much, but oh well.